0: Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to Season 4 of Living the Sky Life. Hello there, and thank you for choosing yet another episode of Living the Sky Life to listen to. My guest today is Julie Fackrell. Julie uh, says growing up, she always knew that one day she was going to live in California, but had no idea that mental illness and a late diagnosis of autism would be the vehicle that brought her there. Julie has two kids. Jacob is 28. Emma is 18 and says that they are the brightest stars that guide her. When Julie is not busily working the days away, keeping schedules on track and completing various mom duties, she finds time to work on her art projects and indulges in self-care, which is usually playing phone games with the TV on in the background and the occasional mani-pedi. Julie has also spent much of her life working in the theater as an actor and director and hopes to return to the stage one day. Most of her time spent on mom duties consists of medical management and advocacy for her son, who is on the autism spectrum and suffers with mental illness. Julie is a wonderful mom and a great person who I'm really glad to have found. So please enjoy my conversation with Julie Fackrell. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. Um, My guest today is Julie Fackrell. So Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I'm really glad that we were able to connect. Um, we have similar situations, I would say, um, except that your son is uh, older than Skyler by about nine years or so. Um, but you have a daughter, um, as as I do. So um, there's so many things I want to kind of talk about in here, um, but you know, what I do know about your family, which isn't a ton. So I'm anxious for you to tell us all the things, um, is that Jacob, your son is 28 and he was diagnosed with autism and he has a couple other diagnoses as well. So I'm curious, um, when he was diagnosed with autism, if the other conditions came after and just kind of how that whole, um, story for
1: him kind of unfolded. Yeah, sure. So, um, just to kind of go back a a ways to his toddler years real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, um, he would do these interesting things when he was little, where he would, he started like tapping on tables and like drumming like a drummer and his dad was a drummer. So I thought, Oh, he's just following in his footsteps. That's not what it was. But, um, and then he, um, he started jumping. We call it jumping where he, every single day, starting age two ish, two to three, between two and three, he would jump back and forth repetitively for about 30 minutes. And if I stopped him, you know, interrupted him in any way, it was immediate screaming and yelling and throwing on to the floor and kicking. And, um, so I learned very quickly that whatever this was, he just needed to do it. Um, And that continued all the way until he was about 13. Um, There were other symptoms like he had um, severe bowel issues, um, really bad constipation for so many years, I mean, all the way into his teens. And um, he also was very sensitive to sound. So we would, you know, anytime we were at a restaurant or anywhere, if there was any kind of loud noise or anything going on, lots of people, he would just... You know, he would cover his ears with both hands, close his eyes and just kind of squint and, and just, it was too loud. It was too much. So we'd have to leave or, you know, do something to help that. But we never, we did not get a diagnosis until actually he was about 17. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Which is probably, I think, the, I mean, it's hard to say if that's like, if, if it would have helped to have had the diagnosis. I don't know, but knowing it was autism would have been helpful. I think,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, every time I brought these things up to his doctors, you know, when, with the jumping, for example, I mean, that was something that happened every single day. It had to happen every single day. It was just a necessity, you know, carve out time for the jumping. It's really important. Um, and the doctors would say, you know, oh, he'll grow out of it. He's going to grow out. of it. That's nothing. Not, nothing to be concerned about. He's doing good in school. You know, he was a great student. He was the student that got all of his work done and would sit there and want to read. You know, one, I, there was one teacher once, I think it was in fifth grade. No, it was like fourth grade. And she sent a note home and she said, uh, Ms. Fackrell, um, I would like to discuss with you um, Jacob's work habits. He seems to finish his work before the rest of the class and then he wants to read. And I had to take his book from him today. And I'm like, oh my Lord, you're what? Why? That is so dumb. And I actually, I remember I went in and I talked to her about it and I said, so is the work not done? I mean, is he not doing the work? Is it not complete? Or, you know, do you have something else to give him? Or, She's like no no he's actually you know he always gets all the answers right um and i'm like okay i'm not sure what the problem is here. yeah would you rather have him
0: um, de- de- disruptive instead of reading quietly on his own instead
1: <laughs> right right it didn't make any sense i was i was very confused about that um and i think that was towards the end of the school year and he changed teachers and so you know whatever but that always sticks with me i'm like huh um but um I can't remember where I was going with all of that. Well, do you
0: think that some now looking back on it, do you think that that jumping was a stim or do you think that that 100%. was his OCD? Like if you say, if he had to do it every day in the exact same way, and if you stopped him, would he, besides you know yelling and screaming out, would he start over? Like, was he counting? Do you think like back and forth in the back and forth every day, the same number of jumps?
1: I mean, I don't think so. And you know, it, it may have to do with OCD a little bit, mm-hmm. um, also anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he was counting. I think he was playing a video game, because he would make sounds like <laughs> while he's jumping. Every, <laughs> while he's jumping, yeah, he'd jump one to one side, and he turn, and he jump. Hope he was you know, winning like this. <laughs> yeah, he was totally winning every time. It was great. It was great. Um, yeah, it definitely was a STEM. There's no doubt about it. Um, and just the repetitive, you know, it's, it's interesting with the OCD diagnosis too, because it falls in with a lot of autism symptoms Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to differentiate. And even with, you know, he was diagnosed with schizoaffective as well, right. Mm -hmm. Which is a whole other (laughs) topic of conversation because, um, I learned recently that autism actually came about while studying people with schizophrenia. I never knew that. And excuse me, I do have a little bit of a, that's okay. I can see the connection
0: though. I mean, now that you say that, that is something and bipolar is something that even our Skylar psychiatrist has brought up. Like it's really hard to determine at this age um, if that's a bipolar tendency or not, or schizophrenia, but many of our kids hear voices and like, you know, that kind of thing. So it it does make sense.
1: There's a connection for sure. For sure. Um, and that was the diagnosis he got first was, um, schizoaffective. Um, so when he was 13, well, actually he was 12, he was 12. And, um, and I wrote about this on the blog that I was keeping up for a little while, but, um, I it was too, I, I didn't catch it in time. I found out he had been taking his books. Um he, he was an avid reader. I mean, he would read a book every few days and then there were stacks under his bed, so many books. Um, and one day when he was 12, I saw him going out the front door, which you know was totally normal and fine. He would skateboard, um, but he had stuff stuffed in his in his jacket. And I was like, what's in your jacket? And he said, oh, they're my books. Oh, okay, what are you doing? Oh, I, I have to go put them in the trash can over by the whatever, 7-Eleven or the school. or, And I'm like, what do you mean, Jacob? And he said, the voices told me I have to throw all my books away in different garbage cans around town. And I couldn't believe it. And I went in his room and I looked under his bed and his books were gone the whole thing, like all of them were gone. He had been doing this and I had no idea. I had no idea. Wow. yeah. Um, and the, the cars, he told me the cars had been sending him messages to, to do that. And yeah, it was heartbreaking. Um, and it was, it was shortly after that, that, um, he attempted suicide. Yeah. 12 years old.
0: I know Gosh, to have all of that going on. And it's so hard to, I think, is that one of the things that the doctors kind of did dismiss the idea of autism early on with some of these mannerisms and things because he was so verbal, because he was such a good student. You know, I think people have started to just really classify all the symptoms as common for everyone. The no eye contact, the lack of communication or the, or the regressive communication, um, you know, just not responding to their name or to certain things. And not every kid is like that. So I get, how did they explain away all of the oddities, quote unquote, of his behaviors and that he was such a good student? Like he was, you know, not disruptive in class, having behaviors, all that stuff.
1: So, um, at first, I mean, I mentioned the autism thing. Cause I started to do my own research. So this was mm-hmm. back, you know, we didn't have the internet like we do now. I mean, we had it, but it wasn't like it is now. So I right. just would, you know, finding what I could and autism was the number one thing. And I even asked Jacob one day we were in the car. I was like, cause he told me, he was like, mom, I think I have to stop jumping around because my friends are making fun of me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't think I should do it anymore. And I had mentioned to him autism, and he immediately, he I'll never forget it. He was like, yes, I think that's what I have. I have autism. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, when I would bring this up to the doctors, it was dismissed completely because of the eye contact because of that. So their diagnosis was schizoaffective, um, severe depression, um, yeah, with, with psychotic features, severe depression, psychotic features, schizoaffective, um, it wasn't until he was 16 that I finally got his doctor, the psychiatrist to give him the diagnosis of PDD and OS. Yeah. Which is what we got when Scott, was little, a lot of us. Did. Is it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, thank you. <laughs> um, still not very helpful, but um, they just, they, they wouldn't do it because I think it was that he was talking mm-hmm. and he would look at you and he had friends. Um, I mean, the friend thing changed once puberty hit, you know, mm-hmm. things did change once he, with the jumping, you know, you know people started saying things and uh, he really hasn't had friends since he was probably 13, which is super sad. Um, yeah. and he stops, you know, stopped skateboarding. He was such a great skateboarder. So good. Um, he wanted to, um, learn the dynamics of skateboarding, like, the physics of it. <laughs> it's like, Sounds oh, like a smart to- man. Oh my goodness. He's so smart. He's so smart. He he scores like a 70 on an IQ test. But um that's obviously because he just doesn't want to be doing it and mm-hmm. not, you know, he's not paying attention to what he's mm-hmm. doing. But but like all of his school tests and things like that, he was always a straight A student. And he always he knows what he's talking about when he's serious about something he knows, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the hardest part is not getting that diagnosis. I, I say that a lot. Again, I don't know if it would have changed anything, but um, and it's just now the prevalence and so many more people being diagnosed and even older people getting the diagnosis. Now it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. There's so much to talk about there. You know, yeah. I think why one, and
0: well, and one of the things that's so helpful, you know, about getting any diagnosis as early as you can, obviously services, if he would have needed, you know, speech or things like that it doesn't sound like he did necessarily. But um also like in our states, there's waivers for all things. Um, we we've been told numerous times that because the the services for autism and the waivers that we have for autism here are so terrible. Um, we don't really get many hours for anything that there's a separate side diagnosis side for waivers, the mental health side. So perhaps if Skylar were to, it's kind of a catch 22. If he were to be diagnosed with bipolar or something like that, or depression or anxiety that we could you know, document, he would be, he would get much more, financial services and support services on the mental health side of the waivers versus going after the autism waivers. Um, But then any of the services he really needed for autism, like ABA, things like that, he wouldn't really have as much access to because he's on the mental health side. So it's like, do you go where the money is or do you go kind of pick a diagnosis and stay in that lane? So for him, I mean, is he eligible for services with his, um, you know, schizoaffective disorder or other things, or
1: did you yeah, get more and when I you got really, the autism? So I really loved your episodes when you had the people from other states. Um, <laughs> oh, oh my god! made gosh. me sad
0: though. I was like, man, this is not getting any better. It's, I expected them sad. to tell me these revelations that it was amazing everywhere else and
1: I just need to move, but that wasn't no, the case. <laughs> it's not the case at all. I mean, I, um and I did write about this on my blog too in the beginning because people thought I was crazy. They really did. Like this was 20 I mean, it's 2011 I had to stop working because I had to stay home with Jacob. Um 2013 we almost lost our house because we didn't have very much income. Mm-hmm. Um 2014 we finally moved to California. Everyone thought I was crazy. I kind of thought I was crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's Cal- really expensive to live there. <laughs> it's yeah, like I mean mm-hmm. there's all these reasons not to make that move. But my gut just told me like, yeah, this is, you have to Julie, you have to go now because now is the time. Like you cannot wait one more minute. And so we did it and it's a long story, but it is the best choice I could have made. Um, in California it's, it's different in many ways. It's different, but here, um, so Jacob has his diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. He's on the spectrum he also has schizoaffective and OCD. He has a psychiatrist. He takes medication for the mental illness side of things, which also help with the autism stuff. Yeah. Um, and so there's no need to differentiate. There's no need to sit, to go one way or the other. We're able to lump it all in one. And the interesting part too, is that it does all kind of go together. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these dual diagnoses just are what they, I mean, it's so common, It's so common. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, California has its issues obviously, but it's so much better, but don't they take care
0: of, I mean, I say take care of, but don't they monitor him and provide services for his lifetime? It's not like he's going to age out there of all that stuff. Like everywhere else that we're running into this huge roadblock that things just dry up. And then we're left to be (laughs) to our own devices as caregivers.
1: Ay, yes. y- 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 so mm-hmm. initially when I found out about California, I learned about um, what's called the Lanterman Act, Lanterman. And it was this guy back, um, it was around the same time that Reagan started to close the hospitals, the psychiatric hospitals.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and instead of giving that money for the hospitals directly, it was allocated to each state directly to use as they saw fit for those mental health services you know if they wanted to do whatever they wanted to do they were able to do it. give it to the people build a facility I don't really know all the details I -hmm. just know that when he shut it down that money was wasn't taken it was just reallocated to still be used for that I think the problem is a lot of the states decided to use it in a different way they've put it in different pots for labeling it for different things. And, um, but here, um, this guy Lanterman, he, and, and another, there was a group of moms too, who had kids with Downs, Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, um, they wanted to create something that could be a lifelong type of program, um, and use those funds obviously into that pot, but then also, you know, any state funding, could also go in. So it's a double it's double funded. It's double it's funded by the government and it's funded by the state of California, two different pots that go into the same category. Um and I think that's what is so unique about here because there's a huge problem. I mean and we still have a problem obviously California, there's Skid Row, there's homelessness, there's you know, and that's a whole other subject by the way, because I have so much, <laughs> there's a medication, um, that Jake started taking recently called clozapine. Yeah. Skylar's on clonopin but um, for sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's super regulated and you have to mm-hmm. have blood work every week. And that's part of the reason we had to go for, we were going to go for blood work today, but, um, in other States, especially like here again even with the clozapine it's not hard you know i'm not worried about him getting his medication even if he misses his lab his lab work i'm not worried about it but on the group page i'm with on facebook for clozapine it's like the biggest problem people can't get the medication in these other states they have to you know oh we missed our labs today now we're not going to get our medication help what do i do and it's like oh my gosh i i just i wish so much that I mean, at least there's a bigger picture with mental illness now, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are paying a little more attention to the mental, mental health of the world. Um, but adding in the piece of autism is so important because you can have mental illness and not have, not be on the spectrum. Right. But autism is a whole different thing. And, yeah, it feels very lonely because it feels like nobody's listening and nobody's paying any attention. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm getting sidetracked now. <laughs> going no, off, but I digress. I,
0: well, no, but I um, you know, you bring up just kind of a valid conversation too that I wanted to have with you just around caregiving. So you guys are in California and he's 28 and he's able to um, communicate and, and do all of the things. He's, you know, pretty sounds like pretty self-sufficient, able to be independent to some degree he can go out and do whatever. Um, does he have a job or did they have a job shadow for him? Or how does, how does his day-to-day go
1: as an adult? Um, okay. So one of the greatest things that the regional center provides is respite Mm -hmm. care and my rest, we have three respite caregivers. Um, Eric is here Monday through Friday from, um, supposed to be eight to three, but it's usually 10 to three. And then, um, I have Marsha, four days a week from three to six. And then Esteban is his independent living skills person who comes for just like a couple hours on Sundays. Um, and that allows me, um, you know, to, to not worry so much. Um, but also for him to have some social interaction and he goes to school. So he's in college. He's been, um, Oh, he's been working on in his associates for about nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know because it's tricky, it's not super easy for him. Um, but yeah, like usually Eric will take him and pick him up. Recently, I've been doing it because Eric is annoying. <laughs> he gets Jacob will come home and he'll be like, "Mom, Eric would not stop talking in the car, Mom." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Eric, can you Well, and Eric's on the spectrum."
0: Well, that's interesting.
1: Eric, it is. Yeah. Um way high functioning. Um he is a workaholic. The kid works at Domino's. He works here. He's been doing this for years. He lives on his own. Well, he has a roommate. But um yeah. It's a it's interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like it's been about 6 years now, so they've kind of formed a bond that's similar to maybe siblings. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and so Jacob does get really annoyed sometimes. And so right now I am driving Jacob to and from school. Um, but it's really nice. I mean, just to have, because I mean, you know, when, when all of this started back when Jake was 12, 13, I mean, even my family, and I hate to say this and I'm not, I'm not bashing my family or anyone when I say this, but people did kind of drop off the earth. Oh, when that's not bashing. Got- that's reality. It's yeah, it's an it, it
0: experience it in some
1: degree, I think. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean I've I've come to realize how normal that is, mm-hmm. um which is sad, sad, but yeah, um but yeah, I mean, you know, my friends stopped coming over, my best friend stopped calling. Yeah, like things that you never would have expected to happen happened. Um and so having the caregivers, you know, it's nice because even though they're paid and this is what they do they're still in the house and social and, mm-hmm. you know, they're there, they're people, they're people in our lives, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, so that's one of the great things about living here. So um, I mean, you know, they, it would be nice. I, I keep dreaming about a person um, that Jacob would love like a big man type, you know, yeah. that, or even a woman, you know, but just the right character and personality type that can handle like aggression. Mm-hmm. right. But they can also handle like the day to day little things that come up and be able to read him, you know, a me. <laughs> yeah. We could I mean, just clone I, ourselves. That'd be great. Right. A me that's <laughs> not me would be perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's
0: what I wonder too. Like, um, yeah. you know, most people keep talking to me about self-directed I've had several guests on that have mentioned that term. And um, my really close friend, Melinda, that lives in California, she educated me years years ago about self-directed care and all of that. So did you, were you primarily um, in charge of finding these people for him or did the, um, did the facility or the center that you guys have, the regional center, did they kind of assign based on personalities and kind of who might work best with Jacob
1: or how did yeah. that- You would think that that would be how it is, but no, it's not. (laughs) I did have to find the people. Um, Initially, however, um, I did, I was, they, they did give me the name of an agency. So I called them and they did assign um, some people to come out. And, and I went through a couple before I found one that was going to work. And then um, let's see. So it wasn't long after that, that um, I found this other agency, Channel Islands, social services, they're close, they're close by here and they pay so much better. I think they're paying 1675 an hour now. Makes a huge difference. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I feel like these people deserve like a hundred bucks for every 10 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes. Um, But yeah, I mean as far as I know I mean just my understanding is that there's a lack of people like there's just Mm -hmm. no people nobody wants to do it I don't blame them yeah you know it's a hard job and for the pay I mean they just need to get paid a lot more but no I have found um everybody except for Marsha Marsha came with the agency and she's amazing she's wonderful. She's mm-hmm. one of the people she's, you know, she's a person who studied it in school and, you know, she's a mom, she's got her own kids and she's working at a school during the day. And wow. Um, yeah. But every time I've tried to maybe replace Eric, <laughs> um, <laughs> not happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Happening. Like Jake, you're stuck with him. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah. Eric's amazing. I love yeah. Eric. I he's so helpful. He does so much. For our family, like he does stuff he does not have to do. Like I'll have boxes from Amazon in the garage, you know, that I've just, I need to break down and throw away or whatever. And he'll be like, oh, I can break your boxes down for you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs>
0: is he close you know? in age to Jacob or no?
1: Yeah. Um, he's just, yeah, I think he's three years older. So he I just I mean, turned- that, there's his friend. I think
0: it's funny exactly. the dynamic though, because I'm sure they annoy, well, maybe Eric isn't annoyed by Jacob. I don't know. But- oh, he is. <laughs> but they annoy each <laughs> yeah. other like brothers would. And yeah. also like best friends. And exactly. so on the one hand, I'm sure if he was adamant that he wanted this guy gone, he would tell you, I'm sure yeah. he would have no yeah. problem saying you
1: need fire well, And him. he, I and like he him. has, I mean, he has, we've had moments. <laughs> and then they're fine he... the next day, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Eric, um, can we go to the Lids store? He loves Lids, the hats, you know? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh
0: that's good that, I mean, he's got, you know, he's got his own thing going on. So what is, what does he want to do? Has he told you like what, what he plans for his future? And if he wants to have a job or a career in something, or do, what do you so, see for him?
1: Yeah. I mean, so for years, you know, cause he's so smart and he loves computers and he loves his games, his video games and stuff. He's, you know, I think I mentioned at one time, like, Oh, you could work on computers. You could be like a computer programmer. And immediately he just was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then it just like stuck, you know, but I think that that's just because I said it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, he just memorized it or something. And that's Mm -hmm. just now what it is. But anytime he has been given the opportunity to learn about computers, it's just not interested. He doesn't want anything to do with it. And so then I realized, okay, that is not where he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um and so we don't i don't know right now i don't know mm-hmm. um i am starting to see things like um he took psychology in um in school he's taken two of them actually so he took the first one psych 101 it's required you know for your first two years and got an a and it was so easy for him and he loved it he was so into it i was mm-hmm. like wow that's really cool you know, and I would ask him, is it because maybe, you know, it's helping you understand yourself a little bit more? And he's like, kind of, yeah. That was it, you know, I didn't get a lot (laughs) (laughs) out of why he liked it. Um, (laughs) But, um, and then last semester, he, so he had to fulfill a science requirement and he chose biological psychology. Uh, So it's like Okay, I probably wouldn't be able to take that class because that's numbers and that's chemistry and that's the brain even more. And again, aced it. He aced it. He was so good at it. And I was like, I wonder if you could work in um like in the mental health field mm-hmm. in some way, Jacob. And he was like, Yeah, and I was like, Maybe you could help other people and he just yeah, I would really like that. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I love you. Like, I love <laughs> <him so much."
0: laughs> Does he have a case manager as an adult still? Like, we have one for Scholar that we've had since he was little. Um, do they have someone that kind of follows them and helps them with ideas like this? Like, if he brought this to them, they could kind of figure out maybe jobs he could just, you know, work or try to see if that's kind
1: of so, down the field he wants to go in or do you know what I mean? I mean, yes and no. Um, yes like at the school at the Mm -hmm. Ventura College um, they have the EAC program educational assistance and so anybody with a disability of any kind can go in there and get any support that they need Um, and they've been really great but it's more along the lines of let's make sure you get the right classes yeah you know and I still have to guide it so for example Jake's been in college for nine years and we're nowhere near a degree Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me so i've had to be the one to steer it now towards a degree Mm -hmm. and and continually remind his counselor there that that's our goal that's what we want to do and i think now we're finally on the same track as far as that goes so you know hopefully that'll happen in the next year or two Mm -hmm. um but not really so much guidance, like nothing outside. Or, yeah, no, no. And same with regional center. I mean, our caseworker, she's amazing. I love her dearly. Um, but and and I do bring things up, like okay, we we've talked about group homes, we've talked yeah. about residential, we've talked about um, just groups for Jacob to go to, like a like a day program of some sort, yeah, you know, social to, groups
0: even. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously, the pandemic, you know, halted all of that. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't, it hasn't revived itself yet. Um, So we're still in the dark with all of that. And even before that, you know, we were still kind of just trying to get by day to day. And so just making sure he had respite, making sure, you know, and then doctor's visits and things like that. Not that they help with that, but we didn't do the day programs. We didn't do any of that stuff that was available. Now, when we before we moved to Ventura, we were in West Hollywood, um, which was a whole thing, but <laughs> um they did have an amazing day program there. And Jacob did go to that and gosh, I do miss that. I do miss that part of living over there. <laughs> nostalgia just yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um he had a he had an ILS worker um andreas he was so he was so great and he did that he would do that he would motivate jacob and be like okay you know well you know what are we going to do you know you want to be a computer programmer okay what are we going to do today to make that happen right like and he would yes when andreas would leave jacob would stim for a very long time and pace and it would be a very long rest of the day hoping that he didn't have a meltdown right but um It was good stimulation. And it was, it was so important for him to have that. Um, And yeah, they had a great day program. They would do plays. They had dress up days. They had, you know, and Jacob even took the bus by himself. Wow. Several times. Yeah. Andreas got him on the bus, got him the bus pass, made sure he got to the place. And then he's like, you know, you can do it on your own. Right. Yeah. And once Jacob has a routine down, I mean, he's good. I mean, Mm -hmm. God forbid anything (laughs) happened. While that routine was going on, right. But um for the most part, you know, it it was really good. It was really, really good. But here in Ventura, there just really has not been anything um, as far as that goes. So
0: well, it may come. you know, I think one of the things that uh, is so important that I want to make sure we talk about it and, and that I get to talk about with everybody that's on here um, is is you. So, you know, the common question from our family, from our friends, everything is like, Oh, how's, how's Skylar? How's people are always asking about Skylar and like what, what our plans are and all this stuff. No one very rarely, I shouldn't say never, but very rarely does anyone ever say, how are you? You know, what, what, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you plan to do? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have to retire from your job or whatever. Um, and I know just from talking to you before you're your journey through parenting has been a challenge as far as sleep goes and that's how i even found you as your article on severe sleep deprivation which i think a lot of people listening can understand how we all go through these really awful sleep cycles with our kids um so i, I want to talk about that and and how all that started and pretty much has been your whole life of like 2 hours of sleep for the majority yeah. of your parenting life but um also after that i, I make, i want to make sure we touch on what you plan to do um, when your daughter, who we've yet to talk about also um, when she is doing her own thing and living her own life. And when, when, and if Jacob finds the career for himself or a living arrangement for himself or something like what about Julie, you know? So let's talk a little yeah. bit about the sleep part first and then get into the future for you.
1: Yeah. So I, as I was thinking about this last night, I was like, it really hasn't changed from when he was a baby,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like when, when our kids are babies, you know, we, we try to sleep when they sleep that never happened for me, I would clean or I would find another thing to do. I'm like, Oh, freedom for 30 minutes to an hour, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's kind of, it, it, it changes, but it doesn't, it, it's, it like just morphs and it's morphed into something different. So even when, you know, it really hasn't changed that much from then because, Jake also had night terrors all through his childhood and he would wander. He'd wandered out the front door. I mean, I you know, I fixed that problem (laughs) pretty quickly, but, um, just, you know, staying alert to any noise or sound that may happen while you're sleeping is kind of the, um, you know, the mode we put our, we're in as mothers, Mm -hmm. especially with newborns, um, So it's kind of the same thing. It just has carried on over the years. I mean, now I'm trying lately to go to bed before 2 AM because I know I need my sleep and it's more important than, I don't know, maybe finding that those couple hours of peace that I find when I can hear him snoring in the other room, it's so peaceful knowing that he's sound asleep. Mm -hmm. And that's when I can, you know, I'll be watching the TV and I play my phone games and I can zone out completely during that time. And, and I just love that time, but I also know that the sleep is so important. So I have been taking Benadryl every night, um, every night for probably, I mean, a few years now I've been using Benadryl at night just to help me go to sleep. I don't even know if I could go to sleep without it. Actually, I do know I can do it because I did I can do, it.
0: <laughs> I can do it. I can't, I know it I knocks me out too. So I I try not to, I, I just worry about the hangover. Like I have that horrible hangover feeling the next day. If I don't get a lot of sleep, if I only get a couple hours and I took something like that, it's in me for the rest of the day. And then I'm even less productive. So, so I don't know.
1: Yeah. So speaking of managing, um, (laughs) (laughs) so, and, and my doctors know, you know, I'm, I'm really good about being very straight up and honest with my doctors and everything. ADHD is super prevalent in my family. I am ADHD, whatever. Um, my brothers take, you know, Adderall or Vyvanse or whatever. So I have been using phentermine. Um, it's a diet pill and you're not supposed to take it long-term, um, But it works for me. It helps me stay awake. It also helps me not overeat when I am wanting to find comfort in food because I have done that many times and I have gained so much weight, oh my goodness, on and off over the years. I'm trying now. I'm like, okay, Julie, we are going to just chill out. You know, I'm like (laughs) in a new phase. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is life. We're good. We're good. You know what I mean? Like this is, Mm -hmm. Jason live with me forever, right? It's fine. You might break everything for the rest of my life in the house. Okay. That's fine too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <It's> just stop. <stuff. laughs> Whatever. I'm just trying to find the peace in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I have to, I can't handle the stress anymore. Um, but yeah, I take fenermine in the morning. So if there's a Benadryl hangover, it's zapped away very quickly when I yeah. take the fenermine. And then I'm also taking Claritin-D for allergies because I have terrible allergies. I'm allergic to my cats, um, but I love them so much. I just can't. I can't stop. And I'm allergic to I have seasonal allergies too. So anyway, it's I medicate myself. You know, I medicate with the Benadryl at night, the phenophramine and the Claritin D in the daytime. Well, and the Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm able to just, you know, I'm I go. I'm I'm good. It's like I I don't know, it's like a machine, right? You oil the machine. This is the this is what you use, but um and I keep going. I don't know if one day I'm gonna crash and be like okay, that happened. And now I can't do this yeah. anymore.
0: That's probably what your doctors um, are worried about. Right. Is like, how long absolutely. can you keep
1: up with this? You know? Yeah. Lifestyle it's always, though. yeah. They're always, always the recommendation is, well, can he, you know, is it time maybe for a group home? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That would be great. Do you have any recommendations because <laughs> yeah. they don't exist no. really? Right. Um, every yeah. single place that I have found, it's like, You know, 10 plus year waiting list. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody has to die before there's an opening, which is great. You know, that's a really good system. I like it that, you know, you get to have. You're in there um, for life, but. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, So that's um, not the solution. Well, I I mean, yeah, no,
0: no judgment here. I mean, I just, I think it's important that I love that you're honest because that is the caregiver life. I mean, that is, you know, we have to somehow keep ourselves moving because like you, we have other kids. A lot of people have other kids, spouses, like jobs, other stuff we have to do and worry about. Our life can't revolve around our, you know, Skylar or Jacob's schedules, but it does. I mean, everything we do revolves around, okay, are they going to sleep tonight? Nope. Tonight's an all-nighter. So, okay, we're going to tag team. If you have a partner to tag team with, if not, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to keep myself awake, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then when he goes to school, maybe I can sleep an hour. A bit. I don't know how we do it. People ask all the time, "How in the hell do you guys do this? How do you live like this?" You just do. I don't know. You don't have a choice. I, no one yeah. asked me. <laughs> no one gave me a well, choice. And, you know, egg <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: that's such a great point, though, that you make because honestly, I don't think any of us know how we are doing this because the things that we are dealing with. I mean, it's it's like the common answer is, oh, get therapy for him or do this for him. Like the the advice, I'm sure they're well thought, you know, pieces of advice. But it's not this is not a typical thing. This is different because while Jacob does have meltdowns to the point where he is calling me horrible names and spitting on me and breaking things and putting holes in the walls. Ten minutes later, he could be crying. And saying how much he loves me and how sorry he is. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I mean, the love that he gives that I know is that I feel, I literally feel his love and his soul. And and it's almost like he's perfect, like that energy that he has. And it's such an example to me as a human being. And I'm not going to cry, <laughs> I'm not going to cry. <laughs>
0: Well, he doesn't want to do that. You know that. I mean, he doesn't want know. To do any of those things. No, That's doesn't. what I try to do when, when Skylar pulls my hair or he slaps me. I mean, I lose my shit clearly. I mean, there are days I cannot handle it and it's probably because I haven't slept or because mm-hmm. of something at work or whatever. I try my best not to, to get angry at him and frustrated because you know, on the one hand you're being abused or your house is being destroyed or whatever. And it pisses you off. But then on the other hand, like you said, with with him turning sweet, Skylar can bust into this, this huge giggle and smile. And I melt like, I'm like, fine. I know he doesn't mean it, but they have no way of expressing themselves, their feelings, Mm -hmm. whether Jacob can speak and Skylar can't, I really don't know that. I mean, it probably makes a little bit of difference there, but they're both just as frustrated and yeah the problem with our, our kids in general, with all these diagnoses is they don't know how to express and explain their feelings. They don't even know mm-hmm. what they're feeling. That's probably yeah. scary
1: for oh, them. For sure. For sure. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Just the, the anxiety mm-hmm. that he must have that he's carrying. I mean, he's almost like a hero. Like he, like, how does he do it? Yeah. You know, it's like, how do we do it? Yeah. Okay. How does he do this? Like, if you think about the, Domino effect, right? Like he is that he's in that place. Like he's in such a place that it affects us the way Mm -hmm. it does. Mm -hmm. It must be harder for him, you know, in his mind. And yeah, it is. It's it's so hard. And I'm sure. I mean, sleep. But again, back to the sleep subject. Like, I honestly don't know how we're doing it. I don't. I don't know what that is. I I I call it a God thing. Mm-hmm. Or um, some kind of gift from the universe, or whatever you want to call it, I feel like we are kind of privileged a little bit to be able. Like, I know that not everyone can do it, and I, and it doesn't make them any less of a person in any way. Like, I I don't know how we do it. I don't know how we do it, but we do, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't make us any better than anyone or anything like that. It's um, but it's kind of a miracle in a way in their miracles too. Like Mm -hmm. who else do you know that can love that hard, right? Like I don't know anybody that's that honest and that sincere. And I just don't, I don't know anybody else. I I think that's why they
0: often inflict the worst of their behavior on, on us because they know we always are going to love them and they feel safe. I feel Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I think, at least with Skylar. I just feel like, he feels safe with us. He knows we're never going to put him out or like, you know, call the yeah. police on him or whatever. I mean, I know I'm not judging because I know people have had to do that. I, I get it. He's mm-hmm. a tiny little thing. Yeah. I don't have a six foot four, 250 pound, you know, son, he's five foot four and he's 125 pounds. He's a tiny little thing. So yeah. um, I feel blessed yeah. in that way. But I, I do try to think if not me, then who, and it would be my daughter and I would much rather him come after me or, you know, do something with me then, than her. And, um, and I, and yeah. I know we also talked about this briefly too, but, um, so your daughter is 18. Um, yes. so they are what nine years apart.
1: the Yeah. Two kids? Close, yeah. About 10, nine, nine, 10. Yeah. yeah. And
0: so she's a college freshman, but, um, she did not have an easy childhood with her brother with his aggression and stuff. Right. I
1: mean, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think it affected her too badly in the like, Oh, I don't know from, uh, it's really kind of only started to really get to her just like the last four years or so. Okay. Um, because I really did protect her in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. I kept the whole thing separate, like, you know, and she had school, she had activities, she was in home a lot of the time So a lot of times things would happen at home that were scary and she wouldn't be here. Um, and so, it's really just been the last few years, especially just the last couple of years. um, Because she also has been wanting, she did want to, she doesn't now, but she was wanting to get to know her brother, Mm -hmm. which was very sweet. um, But it backfired because once she started to engage with him, then she became a target to Jacob. Like me, same thing. Like, Oh, she loves me. She wants to talk to me. She's my sister. She's my friend. That's safe. So let me know, you know, so then it was a, I mean, he, he, um, you know, spit in her face and called her a bee and, um, broke her heart, which broke mine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even know what I said to Jacob that day. It was awful. I'm sure it was awful. What I said to him. Um,
0: But even at her age at 16 or whatever, I still can't imagine processing that your brother is talking to you like that. Even as much as she knows, I mean, she knows that this isn't, you know, a quote unquote normal sibling behavior, but it's not his fault, but yet it stings. It it hurts. There's no way around that. I mean, yeah,
1: yep, yeah, I, um, I mean, she is in therapy, um, Mm -hmm. she is on, um, Lexapro, an antidepressant. Uh-huh, um interestingly, she has two friends, her same age, that also have brothers older that are on the spectrum. really and have similar issues. In fact, um her newest friend, um I've been uh, giving him a ride to school occasionally because his car broke down, and um I don't remember how it came up the other day. Oh, I was listening to your podcast in the car. <laughs> Well, I'm glad That's I could just unify people. I'm just yes, <laughs> you, you definitely have. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, um, I'm listening to this and he looks and he looks, I see his eyes in the rear view mirror and he's like, wait, Emma, you have a brother with autism. And, Emma's like, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, I, <don't laughs>
1: and I was want like, yeah, like you do, you have a brother with autism? He's like, yeah. And he started asking me all these questions and like, does he do this? Does he do this? Does he, what do you guys do? And da, da, da. I'm like, wow, this kid's 18. And he's asking me all these questions. This is amazing. Come to find out his mom um, doesn't speak English, um, which is a huge disadvantage, unfortunately. Oh, wow. okay. But um, anyway, I did, I, you know, when I dropped him off, because I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to push my way in. This, you know what I mean? So I just wrote a note and asked him to translate. And it's like, you know, you're not alone, you know, the things that go on in your house, probably have gone in mine so there's nothing you can say um that would shock me but yeah yeah he's he's experiencing the same thing so now he's um they have each other right these three kids have each other but mm-hmm. they don't talk about it
0: do you and find I, that interesting because yes. i um my daughter's actually home from school and she just went into her room which is right near where i'm recording so she'll probably hear me and get mad but um i i just i find it it, it interesting because i I guess I would think that she sees it as exploiting, I guess. Let let me use this example. So like when she's writing her college essays and stuff, and they're asking like, who are you as a person who, you know, tell me about yourself and what makes you, you and my mind, again, I'm a mom and I have two kids and I love them both equally. So my mind goes to gosh, you know, part of what makes you, you is you've not had a normal quote unquote normal um, traditional upbringing with a sibling that you've played with and you, you know, just whatever you have kind of had been an only child in this house and you've had to take a back seat a lot, especially when I was a single mom and I Skyler, needs me 24, seven, all this stuff, not all of that, but I mean, you could at least touch on the fact that you have a brother who's on the spectrum and he doesn't speak. And so you've never actually talked to him or, you know, communicated with him and all of that. And she's, she gets mad at me and she's always like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. I I don't want to exploit that. I don't want, it's not about him. It's about me. And I'm like, I totally understand what she's saying. And I'm not trying to make every situation in her life about her brother. And I, I respect her. And she wrote a beautiful essay had nothing to do with her brother, not even a mention, but part of me is like, it would just explain so much to people. If you just dropped that one little thing, like, yeah, my brother's on the spectrum and moved on. I think people Mm -hmm. would give you a little more grace in some situations.
1: No, he yeah.
0: absolutely refuses to talk about it. So
1: I'm yeah. Like, okay. No, Emma, Emma's Emma's Emma the same way, honestly. She is. I mean, she has reluctantly, you know, in some of her essays she did last year when we were doing that. Um, she did, you know, write a couple things about it. Um, one of them, um, she said at the beginning, um, something like, um, I can tell you that I know for sure what being terrified really feels like because of my brother and it's oh like, oh my God. gosh, like, I'm a, I did want you to write about this, but oh my gosh, are you really going to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's that's mortifying. really hard, but, <laughs> that, but that's, but that's it. You know, I mean, it's honest. It's her feelings. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't want to talk about it either. And I, I feel like it's an age thing. Like, maybe so, you know, I don't know. It was like probably 15 years after being a mother, I was finally like, oh, that's what my mom meant. <laughs> you know, like yeah. these moments of like, Oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. That's why my mom wanted me to do this. Or that's why that's what this meant when she said this to me. And it's like, I feel like, you know, 15 years down the road, Emma's going to be like, Oh, now I understand why my mom wanted me to write essays. about. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's their, it's their journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's there, but, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, I don't push her mm-hmm. to do it, but at the same time, I do encourage it because they, they, they've gone through some stuff that they can't, I don't think they can articulate it. I don't even think we can articulate it. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's the full picture isn't there, but I'm like, Emma, listen, you have good grades. You've scored really well. You're going to get into some colleges for sure. But listen, can you imagine what your life would be like if you didn't have this going on? could you imagine she wants to go to stanford so 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 bad she's cried she wants to go to stanford so bad and i mean it's really hard to get in there it's like i bet so hard and you know but they want the full picture they want the grades but they want you to have a story they want you to talk about some things that you're passionate about and what you've done and I'm like, Emma, you have a story. I know you have a story. Yeah. Um, so she didn't get in. She's going to try again this year, but, yeah. um,
0: good for her to yeah. keep trying though. And she'll yeah. come into it. I just keep telling myself the same things I'm that I'm saying, like she'll come into her own and she'll, you know, I think that's one of the things I just was trying to explain, um, to Kendall is that these people that are reading your essay are never going to see you. They're never going to meet you. They're never going to go on campus and go, Oh, you're the girl with the brother. I'm like, you're not using anything. This is true. It's your life. You're not making anything up and you're correlating it to what makes you, you there's a lot of things having to do with your upbringing that make you who you are just like everybody else who's gone through whatever in their childhood and it makes them them. But you know, I respect her decision to write whatever she wants to write. And she's gotten into some exceptional schools and she just has to make a choice now. And I'm really excited for her, oh, that's
1: but exciting. sad
0: for me. Cause I don't want her to go.
1: I know, I know, <laughs> but I know be fun feel.
0: to see her. Yeah. To see our yeah. kids blossom and do their own thing. So, well, sure. I mean, I'm glad you said she's in therapy. I think that's one of the best things as siblings that they can do. Um, and not even waiting until you kind of feel like they're developing some anxiety on their own or whatever, like as early as possible, because the quicker they can talk about their feelings. Um, I was worried that her sessions would all be about me. Like I resent my mother <laughs> because she spent so much time with him and I don't get any love, yeah. but I don't think that's, that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's been nice for her to work through whatever's going on in her own mind and how she's, um, you just kind of. I yeah. don't know, just rationalizing things that are going on in the house and um you know, moving on with her life. Sure. So it's therapy's been so good for her. So I'm sure Emma has seen the benefits of it as
1: well. Yeah, definitely. It's so important. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe when they're
1: older adults, <laughs>
0: they'll come together yeah. and they'll have this incredible bond. I don't know, yeah. I'm waiting for that. Did you see I hope so. Did you see changes in Jacob when he hit certain ages like people keep telling me like in the early twenties, they, they still might have some behaviors, but they kind of grow out of some of that stuff. They just mature and develop a little bit more. And then, I don't know. And then into the thirties, I've heard it's the same and or is he pretty much the same as he's always been? No, he's
1: definitely, he's definitely changed. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I read something years ago that the male brain doesn't stop um, growing or whatever until they're 26. So I got to know, like, Oh, (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay, let's get to 26. Let's see what happens. (laughs) And that didn't, I mean, I noticed a change. I noticed him becoming more like an adult and in a way, I don't know how to explain that. Like, um, it's sad, actually. He kind of, he gets sad easier. No, it's really sad. Um, I think that's why I'm um, I'm pushing in different ways now. Is because I, I can't see him sad. So now I'm I'm changing myself even again just to find ways to make him smile genuinely, and um, because he, he, I think he's starting to see that life's been different for him. He's starting to see it, you know, that he's different. And 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 he knew he was before, but I don't think he um, processed it. I don't think he understood what was going on. It was still, you know, he's the kid. I'm the mom. You come to mom when you need something. Mom's yeah. there. You know, I'm always there. Um, I'm starting to think maybe that might be a problem you know, which is why I think I have a meeting with his regional center person to talk again about group, group living situation. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think at this point he needs that he needs to be away from me a little bit. Um, but I mean, as far as changing over the years, he really hasn't that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, certain medications alter things a little bit, but, yes,
0: and I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> That's like yeah. so frustrating. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah maybe, yeah.
0: maybe you're right. Maybe being in college, he's seeing peers, and that they're just different than him. The things that they're into, or the things that they are studying, or focused his sister.
1: On. Yeah, he's seeing his sister too. She's driving. You know, he's oh, never. Yeah. You know, I mean, that. he he did. You know, he has driven the car. We have done that a few times. It did not stick. Um, he doesn't want to do it again, ever. <laughs> um, but he sees her, you know, he went to her graduation. We had to have one of the caregivers go with him and then they had to leave immediately after she walked the stage. That's um, too loud and
0: just too much? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Way too much going on. Um, so he saw that he sees, he sees her going to, to class every day. He only has two, cl- two classes. She has five. And it's Monday through Thursday, every single, you know, all day. And he's only got the two classes Tuesday, Thursday. And he sees, I see him seeing it. Does that make sense? I can see him seeing that happening. And I think it makes him feel bad. Like he's less than, and I don't think he's ever felt that before. Right. And I think that's the first, that's definitely a first that he's seeing that okay, my sister is doing these things and I'm not doing these things. And Mm -hmm. and Emma's might, you know, she might leave next year to go in a dorm or something for college right? and she'll be gone. And he'll, that'll be another thing. That'll be him seeing that she's gone and he's not. And I think the learning is just, it's, it's like a slower, um, it's just, you know, I, it's funny. I've said this before. Like, I feel like with, with, jacob i think if everything could be explained like even the emotions that should be expected in a situation like you know usually as parents on the spec with kids on the spectrum we we our kids have a schedule like there's a strict schedule this is what we do um he can expect this he, he knows what to expect i feel like if we could also incorporate feelings and emotions into the plans and pause for each feeling and each sensory moment, and take it in. Um, I think that would be helpful. I was listening last night to a webinar hosted by the Autism World Association. It's because Autism World Conference Week or something. And this guy Tony Atwood was talking about um, talking about just that, like how people on the spectrum need to you you have to pause. Right. So when we go to therapy, our therapists usually don't want us to just stop talking like they want us to keep talking. But with the spectrum, you have to just stop talking for a while
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and let the emotion and the feeling catch up to the thoughts because they're disconnected. Like external and internal are not connected. Is Mm -hmm. what he was saying, which makes perfect sense. Um, and so you have to give time for those things to come together, which takes a lot longer, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not that he's not changing. He is, it's just so in such a slower pace that maybe I don't notice it so much, you know, even I don't, but he's definitely changed from 10 years ago. He's a different person. Um, good and bad, I guess, you know?
0: Well, it's like you said, everyone around him is evolving. And, and she, Emma is his little sister. So mm-hmm. she was always way behind him and in, in doing everything. And now she's surpassing him by doing what he's doing, but she's gonna, like you said, probably leave eventually. And how are they? Cause he's nine years into college. So they're both college students and this yeah. probably strikes him as odd. Maybe he's yeah. jealous of her because she can come and go as she pleases. Maybe he's confused, like he doesn't really know what feeling to put on it, um, right? You know, of what right. what she's doing. So it's confusion, it's yeah, and it'll be so time. hard, yeah, yeah, for them. Well, I mean, just kind of getting back to to you for a second. So your former, well, not former, your passion and your joy is being on the stage as an actor, which I think is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um and I assume with your caregiving responsibilities day in and day out you haven't been able to do much of the things that you enjoy. Um you did mention art and um some other talents that you have. So um again as we were kind of talking about a future if a group home ends up working out for him, I mean, what do you what do you want to do with your years? We you and I are the same age, so dare I say retirement years yet? Cause we are so far from that. (laughs) We're so far, so far. But, um, you know, it's just, I, I, I find myself really thinking about that now, especially since Skylar turned 18 and now he's almost 20 and I'm thinking, Oh my, my focus is on him. Like, Oh my God, I have two years left. He's aging out of services. Then what, like, what are we going to do? I can't entertain him 24 seven. So what am I going to do? And it's made me start thinking about my future. Cause I want to have one. I don't want to just be changing pull-ups all day, every day until I'm 85. So, yeah. uh, you know, what are your thoughts about a future for yourself and what do you want to do?
1: Yeah. It's, it's a great question because I don't really, it's, I have a, an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. I know, but then it's like, okay, wait a minute. Because the second he's not my full-time responsibility, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, I did this year is the first time since all of this, even since he was 12, Mm -hmm. since that I, um, I was like, okay, it's now or never. Like if I don't start doing something for myself, then I could wither away and die in a corner somewhere. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, i very sarcastic at times. So, um, so am I. <laughs> but,
0: um, <laughs> that's what gets me through.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, so I did, it was actually Emma that started it this year. She was saying to me, cause she did some school plays. And I was living vicariously through her. i I'm bet. like, i like, like, I was saying, I'm sure I was annoying. I'm like, okay, can I help? Does your teacher want me to come and like, I can stage track. I could do this. I could, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Julie, shut up. I was telling myself, shut up, Julie, just stop talking. <laughs> just stop. This is not, <laughs> this is not the way. Um, but then one night she was sitting here and she's like, mom, why aren't you acting? Why aren't you doing anything? Cause it, even, you know, back when we were still in Texas, um, and I had had to quit my job. I I did community theater. It was an, at night, you know, it, in the evenings and on the weekends. So I found I was able to do that. Jason would be home, my husband, he'd be home from work, and you know, could be there, and so I could go off for a few hours and do my own thing. And Emma remembers that. And obviously, I haven't done any of that since being in California. But she was like, "Why don't you do it?" And I was like, "You know what, Emma, you're right." Um, and I had been paying for this thing called backstage where you can, you know, put your profile up and, um, look for jobs or whatever. So I did, um, accept an invitation, um, to go be background for a movie or it turns out it's a TV show, um, at the, at the university at California state university. And I went and did that. And, oh my gosh, I had so much fun. And, and I have all no back, experience. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any experience with TV or film really other than like, I mean, there's just like a couple little things, but it, really no experience. Like I feel like I need a class on it, but, um, I went and did it and it just was amazing to be around the energy of that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I learned about central casting here um, in Los Angeles and like, oh yeah, you can just go sign up. And, you know, it's really hard to sign up. Actually, you have to, you know, get in the queue and and then you get bumped if you're not on time and blah, blah, blah. Like this whole thing. Like, okay, I probably won't even be able to get in, but I got in, I got in, I got in and then I started getting availability checks and I'm like, okay, this is fun. And um, so I have been doing a little bit of background work. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, It's really fun. It's giving me a chance to see what goes on behind the scenes, you know, with everything. Um, but yeah, the stage theater. Uh, yeah, I, um, I really want, I would love to direct something on the stage. Um, I've only stage managed and acted mostly. I've been an actor in plays, but, um, yeah, I love it. And, you know, I think, um, One of your questions was like, "How do, how does it help you as a mom to to Jacob, right?" With what mm-hmm. I love and it helps because. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. I swear. <laughs> it's um, okay. It's an emotional <laughs> topic. <laughs> yeah, um, I think with acting for me, the the greatest part of it is being able to step in someone else's shoes, mm-hmm. and even though you can never fully understand what a person has gone through, when you study a character, you want to feel it. You want to, it's total empathy. It's, and then even portraying that character allows even more of you to get into that. And so I think um, that does help me with Jacob because I, I want to feel what he's feeling. If I could take it from him, I would. I want to take it from mm-hmm. him. I want. And so, yeah, I think it helps that way, you know? Yeah,
0: um, I have to totally understand that. Um, you know, we have to, we're kind of acting all the time. I mean, how many yeah. times has someone asked you, how are you? Oh, all And you're like, fine. It's good. It's great. And you're like, great. I've slept about a total of four hours
1: in the last five days. I slept all day. The TV got broken last night. And yeah, Jacob's there's a hole in my in the wall. living room. I'm,
0: real, I'm good. Things are good. Great. How about you? How are you?
1: I talk about that in my book,
0: how like, I'm just so tired of saying fine, but it's so much easier because the true answer, if you ask me how I'm doing and I say, well, actually, and then I start telling you, people are going to be sorry they even asked me or me at all. So I'm just like, fine, I'm fine. You know, but, um, I just, I'm such a huge believer, um, that there are no accidents. I really feel like that you were supposed to move to California, not just for Jacob, but for you, it's the acting capital of aside from New York, it's like (laughs) the place to be if you're in that field. And I, I just, I, I strongly believe that there was a purpose behind all of it. There's a purpose behind everything but, um, that you are meant to be there and that you are finding yourself again. I mean, we're no different than empty nesters. People say that all the time. They are like, what am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. I've been a mom and a wife and all this stuff. I have nothing. I have nothing to do with myself and we're the same way. I also worry about the mental health of all of us. Caregiving is not for the weak. And, um, aside from losing our identity, our mental health takes a, takes a beating. So I just, anytime you can dive back into something that you're passionate about, that you love, I'm just, I love that that is opening doors for you because you need an outlet for yourself. You know, your kids are great. You did a great job. They're doing their thing. (laughs) So it's your turn
1: the year of yeah. Julie, 2023. Oh my gosh. Seriously. No. I mean, this year has been incredible though. Honestly, mm-hmm. it, it's been an incredible year for me. Um, and, and my art too. I do love drawing and yeah. I've been drawing these little swirls, you know, I've been drawing these swirls forever and ever. And I don't know, it's just like doodling, right? Like it just feels like doodling. Um, but I did turn it into art and your are um, calling I mean, book, right? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, yeah. But, um, and it's so crazy too, because, um, so this year I did get to do something that I only have ever dreamt of doing. Um, when the queen died, um, I went downstairs cause I'm into into genealogy as well. Really? Okay. Into, and, um, yeah, so I, I did go to England. I nice. did. I did. That's yeah, a good trip. yeah. Yeah. And the swirls, like they're everywhere in England. Mm. It's like a Celtic thing. And so I guess I, you know, kind of tuning in and, and I learned also that just by drawing those, it, it's like, you know, the Fibonacci sequence in, it, it's in all of us. And so just drawing those swirls and stuff can kind of help you get into a meditative state of mind. So it makes a lot of sense that that's what I do because I can go in there and never come out. <laughs> <laughs> just stay in that place.
0: Well, you're yeah, awake, um,
1: so you might as well be doing something. Right? Exactly, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Maybe
0: that'll put so. you in a trance, like drawing those things, and you'll finally sleep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: like with yeah, your eyes open. Maybe.
1: Oh, I know, man. Right? I know. I know. Well,
0: I, I, I so appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you sharing your family, your story, just your life with all of us. Um, I know you don't have. a a Facebook page that, you know, people are following or anything like that. But if there's any, um, Avenue for people to connect with you that have more questions just about the diagnosis of Jacob or your daughter or just anything. Um, I'm sure you'll share with me the ways people can contact you that I can add in the show notes if there is any uh, way. Um, but I I appreciate your time so much and I appreciate um, you
1: and your time. Thank you. <laughs> I amazing. love making new like, friends. <laughs> it's great. Yes, for sure. I do too. Yeah. Thank well, you. Maybe so much. we'll move in next
0: door to you in California.
1: That's oh. still on my list. You know what? I'm I, moving that's out great, West for sure. You should, you we should. Are. I feel like we could build like this really awesome community, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, anyway, yeah. Just, and we all understand each other and it'll be great. And yeah, it's a good yeah. dream. We'll build yes. our own little commune for
0: all the and parents. Bring all your kids. We'll, <laughs> we'll collectively coolest.
1: take care of each other's kids and, yeah, and, and support it'll be each other. So cool that like people outside, will be like, I want to live there. And we'll be like, oh, okay. Well,
0: <laughs> for once we won't be inclusive. You can't <laughs> <Right>. come in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I don't know.
0: Oh gosh. Well, thank you That's so much. I appreciated Talking yeah. to you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.